Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of St. Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isidoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 2, Episode 28 of this podcast. We'll hear Father Mark's homily from August 11, 2019, the 19th Sunday of Ordinary Time in Year C. The Gospel for this week is Luke, Chapter 12, Verses 32 to 48. Let's listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly, I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men's servants and their maidservants to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour, and will punish the servant severely, and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will, shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord If you look around at humanity, we can often see many occasions when people rise to the occasion. They may reach out to someone who's hurting. There may be a tragedy that folks respond to. 
we hear stories of random acts of kindness that simply spill over and really truly in a positive way affect the lives of folks. We all have stories to share of how we've been touched by the generosity and goodness of people. We've also witnessed the innocence that life can possess, such as found in the birth of a new child. Humanity has the potential for such great goodness. But we would be naive to think that that is the full picture of human life. Because as quickly as we can recall a moment when humanity is at its best, we hear of one when it's not. And we live in a world that is becoming more and more unpredictable, where violence is becoming all too common, even so much so that we may even find ourselves becoming a bit numb to it. It is a violence that is often the result of prejudice, a violence that is often the result of deep-seated anger. And each one of us, as we look at those events, as they continue to portray themselves, can come up with a list of all kinds of reasons why those things occur. We can even find ourselves pointing to the reality of mental illness as a cause. However, whatever the reason, it can never be seen as an excuse, for such heinous things are beyond excuses. As I was pondering the latest catastrophes that our nation has seen, prayerfully listening to the readings for our Mass this morning, I began to think that of all of the things that we can name as causes for what we witness, I think there's one that's at the base, and it is a crisis of faith. A crisis of faith. Humanity is losing faith in God. And this is so important to understand if we're going to ever get a sense of who we really are and what we can be. I'm amazed at how eloquent St. Paul continues to be in his teaching. And he tells us that faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of what is not seen. Spend some time thinking about that very powerful sentence. Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. You see, we tend to make faith a matter of the brain. That if I can prove that God exists somehow, empirically, then I can take the leap and jump and have faith. But if I can't reason that God exists, then I can find a reason to abandon the pursuit of faith. But faith isn't 
an action of the mind. It's an action of the heart and the soul. It is precisely faith that confirms in us a solid fact. And the solid fact is that God is. God is. When a person comes to faith, true and authentic faith, they find themselves searching within for deeper meaning and deeper understanding. They feel the tug and pull to the more of life. They begin to feel a presence within that is not of their own. They begin to realize deep within their soul that they're part of this bigger presence as they begin to touch God in a very intimate way. Faith realizes what we hope for, that if we listen to the longings of our hearts, we're really hoping, as St. Augustine tells us, to rest one day completely in God. That there is this dimension to ourselves that wants that unity, that wants that completeness, that wants that fulfillment, that wants that peace. We feel that burning within, if we listen carefully enough, and it's faith that allows us to realize that hope. And then faith is also evidence of things not seen. So when a person begins to develop their life of faith, begins to develop their relationship with God, they begin to then interiorly change. They begin to see things differently. There's a contemplative awareness that is brought to life that is not there before. And because they see the wellspring of presence and love and holiness and depth within themselves, they can begin to see that same thing operative in the lives of their brothers and sisters. So this transforming process occurs so that the person who truly understands the gift of faith, who truly is in touch with the presence of God within, who has this intimate understanding and connection with the divine, is going to be someone who then goes out into the world and lives differently. So you see, the crisis of faith is so important to understand because in order to solve our world's problems, we can't take God out of the solution. In order for us to live authentic lives as God has designed, we must do that from the perspective of faith. A person who truly has this contemplative awareness of God within, who truly has a sense of the sacredness of human life and the sacredness of all creation, is not a person who can then turn around and find a violent solution to an act. A person who truly has a sense of faith and the wonder of God's presence is not a person who can then find themselves 
prejudiced. A person who has this sense of faith and the wonder of God's presence isn't a person that is going to hold on to anger and grudges. A person who has this inward sense of God's abounding presence isn't someone who's going to take a militant stance on anything. A person who has this inner sense of faith and the indwelling of God's presence is going to be a person who seeks peaceful means to conflicts. So you see, this crisis of faith is so important to understanding where we are in our world. Because in so many countries, and even here, an understanding of faith is beginning to erode. And people are losing connections, not only with their faith traditions, but with that indwelling sense of God's presence. And the person who understands that indwelling sense of God's presence, when they live and they act and they move in the world, they will then become a temple of evidence to what is not seen. They will become a temple of the truth. And you can't get to this place by every once in a while deciding to utter an Our Father to heaven or giving a wink at God's presence as you go about the business of your day. We get to this point through struggle, through listening, through deepening our sense of ourselves, through creating quiet, prayerful space in our lives, of removing ourselves from some of the distractions and the securities and the illusions under which we find ourselves living life. And these illusions are the very ones the world wants to convince us to believe as true. But at the end of the day, they're not. And then this indwelling sense of God's presence is something that I don't just pull out when it's convenient or put it on the shelf when I go home. It's something that is carried with me throughout all of the events of my life. It's with me as I clean up the dishes after dinner. It's with me as I get in my car, as I go to work and face another day of traffic. It's with me as I seek to resolve a conflict with a friend that I may have. It's with me when I seek to be forgiving, when it's difficult to forgive. And it's with me when I look out at the world's problems and try to offer consolation and hope. It's with me when I'm tempted to fall into despair and hopelessness, and it picks me up and focuses me on the three great gifts that God gives us, faith, love, hope. It allows me to see beyond what may seem to be apparent, and it hooks me into the greater vision of life, which isn't what benefits me, it's what benefits our Lord. And so as we continue to work our way through where we find ourselves to be as a human race, let us remember of all of the things that can be considered reasons for how we got to where we did these days. Let's give some thought 
heart, and mind to the fact that it may be due to a crisis of faith. And if people could be brought back to the truth of God and the truth of themselves, maybe some of this stuff would cease and we may even find the right solutions to rectifying them. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.